Hello everyone, welcome Dr. Andrew for podcast number three, but it is officially podcast number two. And how did that happen? Yes, well, as everybody knows, as IT experts, we are fantastic chiropractors. So a bit of a technical issue last I, time. I am not dragging you along that. It is completely my fault why it got wiped. <laughs> All right, I'm taking full responsibility. Uh, hopefully this one comes out even better than the one we did before. Uh, and what we really want to talk about today uh, and what's important to us is getting our message across and the latest research on how chiropractic can change the way your brain works. And I will say, um, after our first podcast, that we did check the meaning of doctor and it means to teach, and that's what we're about. So you have Dr. Andrew, Dr. Michael on the microphone today. So Dr. Andrew, welcome. Yeah, thanks Mick, thanks Dr. Mick. Great to be here again, and can I just say I love the James Brown intro there. Uh, (laughs) I've caught you by surprise on that one. It could be a new one every week. It was just what I was coming up with today. That was perfect. Okay, mate. So uh, as far as where we'd like to start, mate, I, I think the most important thing for me is to say, you know, how can getting your spine adjusted, feeling a pop in your spine and getting movement there, we all know it feels nice and relieves pain, but how does it change your brain? Yeah, great question. And first of all, I would like to say it is perfectly understandable how most people when they go to chiropractors, we touch backs, we're turning necks, and and so it's really understandable why uh, most people think our oh, chiropractors are back and neck people because that's what we're dealing with most of the time. Uh, however, it's really important to understand the anatomy and physiology, and I won't go into too much detail, but every time we do something with your spine, which includes the neck, it affects the neurology of the brain. And this is the, the wonderful magic and and. why we see some miraculous health changes with people, not just neck and and back pain relief. Well, that that has been subject to some debate, hasn't it? That you and I both see it in our clinic and we heard about it when we first graduated. And when we first were told that changes to your health can happen, you know, and, and let alone your brain from being adjusted, We've come a long way in our understanding of that in 20 years, haven't we? Yeah, we really have. And we're starting to see some really exciting research with new technology coming out. I don't think it's debatable amongst anyone in the chiropractic profession. It's certainly outside of it, is it? Thousands of chiropractors and, and clients of chiropractors see this every day and every week in practices. Yep. These fantastic health improvements that are happening uh, amongst our clients. We don't have really good research to understand why that is happening yet, but we're really on the verge of it. And I think we can go into a little bit more about that uh, uh, perhaps a little bit later. Awesome. And, And we're starting to see that with these new PET scanners and and changes in the brain every time someone gets adjusted. That's fantastic. So I I just wanted to start off um, as we did last time and say that the the purpose, we're going to take something, I don't know if there'll be people out there who remember a 
great TV show called Grey's Anatomy. But it is, in fact, a medical textbook, yep. Grey's Anatomy. I think I did make a comment that that Catherine Heigl was now the outcast of Hollywood. That's what I took out of that. <laughs> Let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if we go to the Gray's anatomy definition, the purpose of the brain and nervous system, and, and I'm sure everyone who goes to chiropractor understands that the, ins, uh, the importance of your nervous system, the purpose of the brain and nervous system is to control and coordinate the function of all the cells, tissues and organs in the body and to adapt the organism to its environment. And this is really important because this is a difference between health practitioners and uh, perhaps traditional medicine. Health practitioners look to strengthen your body and your brain so that you are stronger and healthier and more able to adapt what is around us, our environment. Whereas traditional medicine uh, typically looks to change the person uh, so that they are changing their physiology to uh, a weakening environment. Can you simplify that for me, mate, in real simple terms? What does that mean? Uh, medicine looks to change the environment. Chiropractors and other natural health practitioners look to strengthen the human so they can survive and adapt in the environment more effectively. Exactly right. Okay, so that, that okay that makes perfect sense. Yep. So we're making by by seeing a, a health a health practitioner who knows what they're doing, they're actually making you healthier so you can survive better in that environment, rather than saying, "Hang on a minute, this environment is too strong for you. We need to do something to your body." to you know to 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 make that environment less toxic on you but that's not really what happens is it you know no and we know that from uh, darwin's theory of evolution now don't we what is happening is that the our environment around us as we all know is constantly changing yep. and us as a species on this planet need to evolve and adapt to the environment around us. What now? What does that have to do with the spine? Let, let's get back to. It seems like a long leap, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does seem like a long leap. It's important to recognise that this bony complex inside of us is not just something that holds us upright and protects the spinal cord. It is part of the central nervous system. Part of the brain. It is part of the brain. Uh, so it is one large mechanism together. 90% of your brain's nutrition and stimulation comes from spinal movement. Yep. 90% of the brain stimulation comes from spinal movement. And this is the key to understanding if you have an unhealthy spine, you have a less than healthy brain and nervous system. It's as simple as that. So it's like a feedback loop then, is it, mate? So if your spine is constantly being challenged in different ways, moving in different directions, moving freely and effectively, uh, and the nerves are all firing as they should, it means that your brain gets better information, better feedback, so it can heal more effectively. You've just jumped ahead. Well, let's let's go there. Let's have a good yeah. segue. So we were talking about this... Um, 
sensory motor integration of that the brain. That scares me, that saying. I told you that last time. Sense, what does that mean, Dr. Sensory Ian? motor integration. Uh, and this is where we're seeing some of the great research. What it means is everyone understands the way that we perceive the world is through our senses. Mm-hmm. Sight, sound, taste, touch, vision. There's a sense which we don't talk about because if you don't have, if you someone's blindfolded, uh, if they can't touch anything, if they're in a vacuum, uh, if you've got no taste buds, if you can't smell anything and you can't hear anything, our brain still knows where we are and what position we're in. And this is this internal sense called proprioception. It's our balance and positioning sense. And every second of every minute of every day, our brain is ticking over so that we can have this sense of where we are. Are we standing up? Are we sitting down? If you put your hand, and and listeners can do this, if you put your hand behind your back, you can't see it, you can't feel it, you can't taste it, you can't touch it. But we know our hand is behind our back, and that's what proprioception is. So this is a vital uh, brain function and neurosensory feedback uh, that makes us human. So our senses are constantly giving billions of nerve signals, nerve impulses, electrical impulses to the brain and back every second so that we know where we are in the world to form this picture of what our reality is. Now, I know this is getting deep. I think last time we waited a bit longer in the podcast. So we've jumped into the deep end here. Uh, But anyone who's ever had any sensory deficit will understand the importance For example, if you lose your sense of smell when you get a cold, you just don't enjoy your food as much, Mm. do you? It affects taste as well. So you can understand, or if you've ever had a blocked ear for whatever reason, anyone surfing, swimming a lot, you know the disturbance that that causes when you get one ear that's blocked, when you're used to having that balance from both sides. Yeah, mate. And I think too, like if your ear's out of whack where your station tube is blocked... Um, that can be secondary, I think, to um, clenching of the jaw, which we talk about as well, and that can then affect your balance and proprioception as well. And I, I don't know about you, but I see a lot of benign positional vertigo. I see a stack of it, and maybe you know this link is bro- this chain link in the chain might be broken with some of these people, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, BPPV. BPV. Yeah. Um, so. This is what sensory motor integration is. It's your brain taking all that information and forming a picture of the world around us. Now, does it make sense if those signals going to the brain get an interruption or a distortion of information that our brain's perception of the world changes in some way so if the input coming in is distorted the output going out is distorted and that's what we call as chiropractors subluxations explain that to me in practical terms for for me mate 
So yeah. if you've got a part of your spine that is not working, or indeed any joint in the body, it holds true for any joint in the body. Yeah. If any joint in the body is misaligned and or not moving the way it should, that nerve feedback to the brain is distorted. Yeah. And that's what we call subluxations. And for lots of people out there, that's what might bring them into a chiropractor because they have some type of pain or discomfort. And and matched with that, it is um, matched with often fatigue, anxiety, and depression as well. And that's a common thing that we're seeing in you know a lot of with a lot of our patients now. And, and it used to be back pain, neck pain is a common thing, and now mm-hmm. people are just run down and exhausted, aren't they? Yeah, that's the world we're living in. And there's a couple of points to that. Um, we were talking about our position in the world. It's important to We're mere pawns, Andrew, but yeah. we're strong pawns. <laughs> the human body, what we're meant to be doing is standing up and moving around most of the time. We get up, we look for food, we lie down, we have a rest at night. That's what we're genetically designed to do. But hello, it's 2016, it's almost 2017 as we speak. Can you believe where's that year gone? Um, Obviously, in the modern world, and, and we're podcasting from Sydney, uh, everyone's working in offices. We're sitting in front of computers more than ever. So this uh, sitting, causing of postural changes, uh, and that puts pressure on our nervous system. Because eye, our body's, eye strain as well, mate. That's eye a common, strain that's a as huge well. One, you know? We're sitting more than we ever have, and we were not genetically designed to sit so what can we do to reverse that Uh, well obviously the first thing would be to say well we need to have some type of exercise and movement activity even at work yeah do you you know what I'm hearing more of uh, the stand up desk the stand up workstation absolutely um, I've heard some interesting things about the the stand up workstations in that such as well apparently they're not the be all and end all that they're made out to be. I certainly think they're better than sitting all day, but apparently they're causing other issues posturally by standing up all the time. And um, I think it it might be good to have a combination, like the movable desk up and down. And um, I I certainly don't think anything replaces, um, you know, movement, you know, so. No, well, Mick, I think that's really understandable because people are still staring at a computer whilst they're standing. Yeah. But you're better off doing it standing than you are sitting. And it still makes perfect sense. If you're standing up and there are imbalances in your posture, that is causing imbalances in your sensory feedback to the brain. That is causing health problems. I'm going to throw something at you, right? The new patient that we see has a leg length imbalance, got an ankle issue, whatever, due to that, right? Yeah have a pelvic uh, issue as a result of that. So low back's jamming up, line up. You take that out of the equation when they're sitting. So if you go to a stand-up desk and your body is misaligned, uh-huh. you're on your feet more, you're potentially putting more strain on on the system because you've got your... Whoa, your, whoa, 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 whoa. How do you say you're putting more strain on the system? It's a different type of feedback. So here's my true, response. True, true. I'll, 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 I'll clarify that. Yeah, a different type of feedback. And for some people, they end up in more pain. 
So what I'm saying is I, I'm an advocate of the stand-up chair, yeah. um, a stand-up desk, but I also think that for some people who aren't seeing chiropractors, who aren't looking after themselves, yeah. sometimes they're better off being you know, seated some of the time. Because well, would you say you know, better off? Or would you say they're less, more... Less traumatised. Less discomfort. Yeah, less traumatised. Because I'd put to you that over the long term, they will be unhealthier. Regardless of in their, if they're in the short term, less pain. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that part I agree with. But I can understand how... Uh, that's what our, uh, uh, our survival mechanism says. If I'm in less pain, that's what I'm going to do. Understandable. Mate, I'm always wary of a fad. I'm always wary of any fad. Stand-up desks are a fad, and I think they're a good thing. I like movable desks more than stand-up desks. I don't think stand-up desks are a fad. I think they're the way of the future. No, no, no I think I think they're they're here to stay. Yeah. But I think they're seen as a panacea, a cure-all, right? And that's my issue with them. Okay. And same as when I first heard about Pilates was seen as a cure-all. Same as when I saw. Uh, core exercises as a cure-all, yoga being a cure-all, all these things are important and they all have a place. Yeah, and they all contribute to improved health. Yeah, but I think I'm just, I'm just concerned that that gets then focused on as spending all the time and money on that without looking at a bigger picture. Let's go back to what we're really talking about, and that was a big segue. Let's go back to how the brain changes under stress. So, um, let's talk about positive signals to the brain and negative signals to the brain. So we know that healthy posture and healthy movement give positive body signals. Sure. That's proprioception. We mentioned that word before. Anything which causes stress to your nervous system, like sitting for long periods and sedentary lifestyle, like we talked about this word subluxation, where parts of your spine or joints in the body are not working as well as they should physical chemical psychological stressors so physicals traumas and postures and day-to-day activities chemicals anything to do with diet so we our food has more additives preservatives salts taste enhancers paleo another fad Uh, (laughs) but it's here to stay there's positive things about it yeah yeah we can talk about actually we'll we'll do a whole podcast on nutrition uh we might get a guest for that additives yeah i've already got a great naturopath in mind who'd love to come and speak with us uh and psychological stress of course work stress home stress day-to-day things sitting in traffic on the way to work and on the way home all of these things put stress on our nervous system. And what that does when that survival mechanism of the brain, which says we're going to go into fight or flight response, and this is the sympathetic nervous system, whereas the rest, digest, and procreate is the parasympathetic nervous system. Let's break that down because I know that confuses a few of my patients getting yeah. into the nitty and gritty. So basically, our brain works in one of two ways. Is that right? So the first way it can work, and, and they went, met, these two systems are meant to work in harmony. Yes. System number one is there in case we're being attacked by a lion. So there's adrenaline there, the blood goes into our muscles, we get a burst of adrenaline, our heart starts pumping, blood flowing, and we're there to bolt away from the lion, okay? Or fight the lion if we have to. 
Secondary to that... It's meant to be a short-term survival burst. mechanism. Burst, exactly. yes. The, the, the second part, the parasympathetic, is the all the unconscious things often that happen in the background of our brain where our brain gets our, um, our breathing, our digestion, our reproductive systems, um, coordinating everything together so it works in balance, or a funny word called homeostasis, all works in balance in accordance with the other system so we can get the jobs done, we can live and function without having to worry about the background noise of that other system working. But I think what you're going to get at is those two systems are meant to work in as a team, but they stop working as a team. And the sympathetic, that fright or flight system becomes chronically switched on. How does that happen? And so this is what we were talking about with chronic stress mechanisms, not just psychological stress. We're talking about lifestyle. We're talking about dietary factors. We're talking about sedentary, lack of activity. uh, And we're talking about the psychological stresses which we all need to deal with. So what would that mean on a practical application? I mean, we keep talking, you know, these... Sometimes I think, mate, some of this stuff seems intangible. I want to bring it back to reality for patients. So what does that... Give me a practical example of that. Someone yelling at you, you're a jerk, you're a whatever, you're no good, you're a loser, I'm going to kill you, whatever. That That's a psychological stress, I would imagine. Absolutely. Right? Right. Yep. Secondary to that, um, what would be a, a, another stress? So a, a, a nutritional stress or a lifestyle stress? Yeah, nutritional stress is eating anything that comes in a plastic wrapper. <laughs> yeah, I like that answer. And the greatest one we see, especially for sympathetics, is coffee and caffeine-type drinks, I would say. Yep. Yeah. Um, and great answer on anything that's processed. Um, I also think that chemical stress comes in other forms of uh, like drugs. If you take a medication to yeah. to dull pain, or you take a medications that changes really, the physiology of the body. Yeah, not necessary. You know, um, can you think of any um, environmental stresses? Gosh, I see patients with heavy metal poisoning. There's one. You know, but that may not affect the sympathetics, but it, but it changes the physiology and so on. And and apart from those ones, Mick postural changes so anyone who has a misaligned posture and the most common thing i see these days uh, is forward head posture because of sitting in front of computers kids with uh, iphones and Um, ipads so we're not going to change that because that is the way technology and society is going but we need to have an awareness of the stressors that it is placing on us. Okay, so bear in mind, we've spoken about the stresses. How does that then change the way your brain works and where do we come into that? So where we come into that is that we adjust people and we improve their posture. So that improves the movement to the spine and it improves the nerve feedback to the brain and that switches off that stress response. So um, I think the word that I was taught a long time ago, and it's a funny word called sympathicatonia, which means that your sympathetic nervous system goes into dominance, so it switches yep. on sort of all the time. So uh, 
that sympathetic dominance is another phrase that I've come across recently um, from a chiropractor in Victoria who's come up with a whole protocol of helping reduce that. Um, the sympathetic switched on, sympathetic dominant sympathetic atonia, is that the way That's you said the way it? That's the way I mean, oh, yeah. That's my pronunciation yeah. there. Uh, comes about because there is this nerve system switched on, this distortion of signals from these chronic stressors that we just spoke about, that signals to the brain, it goes to a bit called the hypothalamus, that's the hormone center of the brain that goes to the adrenal glands and then we've got this adrenal dominance now what happens i'm going to read out some symptoms here which if any of you listening have suffered from and wondered why am i getting these things people are struggling to nail down why i'm getting these different symptoms that don't seem to be related shoulder and neck tightness sensitivity to light and noise, headaches and migraines, light sleep and vivid dreams, anxiety or depression, digestive upsets like bloating, IBS, allergies or diarrhea with constipation, high blood pressure, gosh how common is that, increased blood clotting factors including risk of DVT or stroke, inflammatory problems, gallbladder problems, thyroid problems, hormone imbalances, infertility, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and uterine fibroids. And there's a big one I reckon that's not on there, and that's autoimmune diseases as well. Autoimmune diseases, absolutely. I think they may come under uh, inflammatory issues. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you think that, okay, you've, you've got one whole, you've got a whole list of stuff there. And a lot of people are going, how does this relate to me? I get some of that. But, you know, maybe it's related to gluten or maybe it's related to, you know, dairy or maybe I'm stressed out, you know. I'm all about what we're trying to, the message we're trying to get across is how does that relate to our patients? So when you read out that list and we talk about the adrenaline taking over Mm. and it's causing those systems, how how does getting adjusted really change that? How does it really normalize function to stop that happening? Well, we know from some recent research that uh, getting adjusted regularly by your chiropractor reduces the stress hormone levels circulating in the body and that's called cortisol so that helps switch off this sympathetic dominant nerve system so getting adjusted regularly helps balance i should say that word balance this nerve system response of the body it doesn't switch on or off necessarily perhaps that's a bad description it balances things so that your body works better on top of that mick you you mentioned um changing diet so there are lifestyle factors which as a chiropractor it's not just about an adjustment we do need to look at these lifestyle factors and and so some chiropractors um, have a bit more knowledge in that area there are dietary factors there are things like looking at computer postures, for example, uh, um, downloading a program to reduce the blue light emittance on, 
I was about to say certain computer type. I've got that Doesn't one. matter. Koala, yeah. for anyone listening. You've got koala. I've yeah. got a different one. Flux. Great. There you go. Yeah. There's different varieties out there. I'm a greenie. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, regular adjustments, obviously, for us are extremely important. There are a number of other factors that we need to look at as well. Heaven forbid you're talking about coming to a chiropractor when you're not in pain. My goodness, my first analogy is I almost was, I was almost speechless there for a second. Do you brush your teeth every day? I do, Andrew. Why? Because my wife told me I've got bad breath. <laughs> That's one very good reason. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. Um, we do that to prevent decay and degeneration. By the time you feel the pain, there is already advanced wear and tear. I give I mean, another. That, that's a great example. I mean, if you've got decay in your tooth, you have that decay for a long time before it hits a nerve, right? Exactly. But right. what makes you go to the dentist and you go, "Oh, look, I, I sort of had this gut feeling there was something wrong with my tooth for a year, and then it hit the nerve and you're in for root canal, right? Yeah. And a small problem became a real big problem, didn't it? Mm. And isn't it the same with the spine? Let me give you a couple of other examples. Heart disease. By the time you've got angina you're in for a heart bypass. Yeah. Heart disease, blockage of arteries happens bit by bit over many years of various lifestyle Come on, factors. man, but I only want my pain fixed now. I don't care. I don't care about my health, you and, know? And that's okay. If that's what you'd like, that's your lifestyle I'm decision. I'm playing devil's advocate yeah, with people. But, yeah, but you're going to be unhealthier and you're going to get a lot more decay and degeneration. And you're not getting the most out of what a chiropractor really has to offer, are you, mate? No, and you're not going to feel some of the great health benefits that come with healthier physiology. Yeah. So I just wanted to give a couple of examples which people can relate to. Another really good example I give people is um, uh, the fuel gauge on your car. So we know it's got full three-quarters tank, half a tank, quarter tank, the red light comes on at the end. I want people to know pain is that red light. Nerve compression can be sitting there slowly getting more and more compressed. Now, you could fill the tank up at three quarters. You could fill the tank up at halfway. If you only wait till the red light comes on, your car's getting wear and tear to the engine. Right? And that's exactly the same to the engine of what runs inside of us. Yes. So if you fill that tank, and this is what I want you to think about, would you prefer to be running around on a full tank or do you want to be running around with the light just hovering off red? There's a lot of people who have, I think sometimes their priorities mixed up. Yep. And without your health, you're pretty much, it, it should be priority number one. And being a, a good, you know, a good husband, a good son, a good father, a good work, a good, you know, good in the workplace, good, you know, a good person in society. Generally, they're not surviving above that survival. They're just not at that empty tank threshold, are they? They've got their tank full enough so they can give to other people in an effective manner and be truly human, I think, as well. Yeah, that, that's part of being human. Again, I, I understand uh, as someone who recently had... Uh, squamous cell carcinoma removed off my lip um, that health often we take it for granted until we lose it yeah uh, and 
obviously uh, for what we do, Mick, is um, we try and get people to push their health a bit further up the priority chain. Yeah. Because it will make for a happier life. I really agree. I, I really agree with you, and I, I stand by that wholeheartedly. Um, where do we go from here as far as our podcast goes, Andrew? Because I think we covered a lot of things in between, and uh, I know that there was a couple of other things we wanted to chat about. Um, gosh, we last time we touched on uh, neuroreceptors, and and look at perhaps um, we can go into more detail about that another time. There is a lot more research coming out. I mentioned how we're seeing studies done where from Heidi Harvick, who's a PhD neuro researcher. And she's a, I read a bit of her work since I last spoke to you, and she's an interesting one, isn't she? She's a bit of a groundbreaker. I'll tell you why she's a groundbreaker. Yeah, please do. Because she's a chiropractor, the weirdos that we are, and she's also a, a neuroscientist. And, and so that's kind of interesting for us because we're getting validation from what we do in big machines. So we have new technology. This is right. So this is the exciting new breakthrough we were talking about uh, in regards to getting adjusted regularly and seeing your health improve, even though you went because you had a sore low back. Yeah. Um, and so what we're seeing now is getting adjusted improves the way your brain processes information and there was another study done by a guy named Ogura uh, in 2012 and what they did we were talking about the sympathetic nerve system they did a PET scan on people now PET scanners are these multi-million dollar machines that scan the body like dogs and cats pet scans is it (laughs) (laughs) i I think it's called positron electro technology or something like that anyway um positron emission tomography there you go thanks to my notes and so they're looking at altered brain activity in areas responsible for stress reactions and pain processing so what they found was they did a scan before an adjustment and after an adjustment and the changes in those areas of the brain showing that the stress response dropped the pain response dropped and that the the sympathetic activation decreased and the immune response improved all of these amazing changes inside of us from one chiropractic adjustment Mm. but like anything if you do one session of exercise it's healthier for you but if it's something that you don't do on a regular basis the benefits don't last just like brushing your teeth every day yeah and that's uh, uh, that's the hardest part for our um for our patients to understand that they may not see the value sometimes in coming once they're out of pain, but truly that's where the real healing kind of occurs, isn't it? And interestingly, uh, Mick, I don't know about you, but everyone, every chiropractor I speak to, um, what we see is that the longer you do your tune-ups, the more health improvements we see over time. So the effects are cumulative, just like doing exercise. The longer that you do the exercise for over time, 
the better condition you're in. Maybe even like getting your kids adjusted from a young age right through means you're setting them up for a good life regardless of what they do when they're older, you know? Yeah, I, I really look forward to when we do the a kids and paediatrics podcast because that's been a contentious area in the Aussie media oh, recently. Yeah, so we've got so many things to say about that. and In fact, Andrew and I uh, chatted on the phone and we thought, look, can we get a, a list of topics uh, that we could go through? And um, we said, uh, we ended up coming up with probably 20 to 30, didn't we? Yeah, and there's more too. Yeah, so stay tuned. Some of the stuff we want to talk about includes off the top of my head, uh, which we may do next, is myth busting. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. I'm going to get some feedback from uh, uh, from my patients about what, what are the, some of the chiropractic myths they'd like us to talk about. The stuff that I think that'd be fun, nutritional um, information, I think that'd be a great idea. Uh, we, we can do a whole podcast on why would you get adjusted so symptom relief care as opposed to uh, regular maintenance care sure we've had we've had a whole lot of uh, feedback on uh, other things we'd like to talk about but uh, most importantly is there anything you want to finish up with today mate especially as far as uh, our role in the whole health landscape Uh, I think it in a modern Western world, uh, with technology and, and seating and computers being used more than ever, I do it, I know you do it as well, chiropractic regular adjustments is vital for having your brain and physiology work better. And it's a really important part of the health spectrum along with nutrition eat well think well move well there's the trio uh of staying healthy and happy yeah that's great i I agree with you wholeheartedly as well i think the biggest one of the biggest things for me is that people see chiropractic chiropractic not as simply uh someone they go to see when they're in pain that there's a whole part of this uh, uh profession that if it's done well done regularly can offer you so much more than pain relief if you would like to be healthy and stay healthy chiropractic is a really safe and relatively cheap uh, service that will help you stay in fine touch yes and by all means, I'm not saying that you come to a chiropractor and that gives you uh, complete uh, amb- you know, immunity from seeing doing anything else. There's an equal responsibility for everyone else to, to play their part as a you know personally as far as uh, diet we talked and about nutrition. Yeah. We talked about exercise. Um, it's part of the health complex. Yeah, and mental health. You know, very important in our society as well. So uh, I think that's all I'd like to say today. Andrew, thanks so much for that. That was, that was awesome. Uh, if anyone's got any uh, questions or emails, please uh, don't hesitate to contact me at backtolife7 at bigpond.com. And Andrew, best place to get you? Uh, is backdrleichart at gmail. 
That's awesome, mate. Thank you so much. I think that's uh, signing. We're signing out for today, so I look forward to seeing you next time. It's going to be a bit of a light-hearted one. Andrew and I are going to uh, chat about bust the, some chiropractic myths. Yeah, we're going. It's going to be a lot lighter, but we're going to talk about the stuff that 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 you know. Uh, to give you a teaser, you know, uh, chiropractors are dangerous. Chiropractors can kill you. You go to chiropractors. Uh, yeah, all they want is your money. What, you know? Why would you get your kids adjusted? Yeah, why would you get? What else can you think of, mate? That it's out uh, there. Cracking bones causes arthritis. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, chi- uh, a big one as well recently about chiropractors causing strokes. Yeah, what's the difference between chiro and physio? That's the big yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good one. I get asked a lot too. Yeah, so look, that's off the top of our head. Uh, look forward to catching up with you next time. Signing out now. All the best. Bye. Bye.